Hello and welcome to another uh, SMC podcast, another Goonj podcast. Um, and it's a it's a special podcast uh, today because uh, we are going to talk about probably the biggest film uh, that has hit uh, the box office this year, certainly, and, and possibly in the last uh, decade or in, in recent memory. And that is, of course, Avengers Endgame. Um, we've all had a week to think through this film and uh, we've seen what it's done at the box office. We've seen how it's become the fastest film to a billion dollars. It's become the most tweeted about movie in history, etc, etc. All of those kinds of things. And so we felt that it was important to sit down, uh, discuss the film and discuss, I think, more widely uh, where this film fits um, within uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, and also uh, discuss where the universe goes from here because, um, of course, the, the Russo brothers, who are the directors of the film, said that this film was the end, uh, the end of uh, the first 22 films uh, that have encompassed the MCU. And uh, for those of us that have seen the film, we all know that the film certainly is an ending um, and in more ways uh, than Infinity War was, which certainly had a, a fairly mixed um, response to uh, quite a devastating ending in, in that movie. Um, so I'd like to introduce uh, everybody on on the pod. Um, so if we go around the table, you can all introduce yourselves. Uh, of course, I'm Rahul, the head of academics and uh, geek-in-chief uh, around these parts. Um, but if we go around the table, everybody can introduce themselves. Uh, I'm Shubh Desai. I'm studying BBA in my first year. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Rohit. Uh, so I study in uh, BBA too. Hi, I'm Paras and I'm from BBA two as well. I'm Sarah Zia and I'm from BBA one. Excellent. So we've got an amazing ensemble of talent um, arranged for this podcast. And so I'm going to dive uh, straight into it. But before I do that, a little bit of a warning for listeners. Uh, if you haven't seen the film, we are going to be delving into spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie and you want to listen to this podcast, my advice would be please go and watch the movie. I mean, my advice would be please go and watch the movie anyway um, and then come back and listen uh, to to uh, us talk about it. Uh, ahead of any of the major spoilers, I will sort of ring that spoiler bell again uh, in case any of you were sleeping through uh, this, first, um, this first notice. Uh, but what I want to talk about uh, straight off the bat is the MCU and the achievement uh, of building 22 interconnected films. I think I'm I, I, I'm not the only one that, that says that, you know, this is something that we've never seen before and likely we will never see ever again. I don't think the MCU will ever try something this ambitious. Um, and what's so amazing about the, the building of this is that it was just so organic. I mean, it's not like they had this idea that they were going to do this 22 films ago. Um, it was very hit and miss back then. Uh, Marvel was uh, just out of bankruptcy. Uh, it had sold the rights to most of its major characters. It picked up uh, a solid B, I would have thought, in terms of a comic character in, in Iron Man um, and uh, announced a slate of films, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. And really then it was, we'll see what happens from here. Um, but the way they've built it, uh, from then on uh, has been something, uh, I suppose, just short of phenomenal. Um, so if I go to Shub first, um, 
in terms of this 22 film series, what what makes you most amazed at this achievement? I think what Kevin Feige has achieved as the chief of Marvel in keeping everything interconnected and all movies relevant to each other, the fact that he was able to pull it off for 22 films is amazing. And from a filmmaking point of view, that's really good. Uh, what's the amazing achievement of this is that he's managed to make the films each so distinct as well. So despite the fact that they're, they're sequel they're not sequel. I mean, you know, in, in the sense that they're not sequels in the sense that they, he's managed to keep these films each very distinct. And even you look at phase one versus two versus three, um, the films have built upon each other in terms of a tone and a style. I think they were able to achieve that because of the diversity of directors they have. Like each director walked in with their own vision and their own version of the character. And Kevin Feige managed to keep them all interconnected, which is so it's the director as well as the coordination between Kevin Feige, which I think is sure. And and Rohit, um, you know, I, I think that that's one of the crowning achievements, but also, and you know, this was really visible in in. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil it for everybody, in the, 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 sort of the last scene of the film, um, where there's that lovely pan shot um, where you can see the whole mm. sort of, the amount of talent that they've assembled into these films. Uh, you know, just speak a little about um, how they've managed to get people like Michael Douglas and, and Michelle Pfeiffer and Rene Russo and, you know, Robert Redford, who's, who's retired, um, you know, to come back and, and really make these films... Um, stand out individually. So uh, I still remember the times when I used to watch Ben Affleck's Daredevil all the time and I really thought you couldn't get A-listers anymore. You, you watched Ben Affleck's Daredevil more than once? <laughs> yes, I did. You're a brave man. <laughs> so, and um, I was like, superhero movies are a joke. That was me as a kid. And then I slowly sta started seeing this huge saga building up over and over and as the fans were convinced I'm pretty sure the actors also became fans slowly and they were like we should get on this bandwagon too Yeah. and it's a crowning achievement like you see what Marvel has done over the past few years so um, I still remember when I didn't used to care about Hawkeye and now I care about Ronan and I care about all of these actors I follow them closely and Marvel has become such an important part of my life and so many others that I think it's it's an achievement what they have done it can't be done again it's just it's lightning uh, captured in a bottle sure. and part you know taking off from that 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 you've become so close to these characters and if this is the end how do you feel i mean how do you feel it sort of losing now seeing these characters again on screen so uh, the thing is, since 2008, I've been following uh, ever since Iron Man came off. And uh, it's just that their origin stories, the character building, everything was so hitting to the point. I have resonated in those characters. And it's like I'm very connected to those characters and I have been connected to the series for so long. I've invested my money, time, everything so much into the series that coming to an end of an era... It is too hard hitting for me because those years, like the 11 years, they've been so, uh, they have been on top of my head mm. every time. That That's the first, I uh, I didn't know that I would be so hyped for a movie this much. It's like I'll go for the first show 
I've never been into movies that much, but MCU did that for me. Right, right, absolutely. And and you know, Sarah, I I think th- there's much to be said about about what Marvel have done with with these characters. Um, and you know, more recently, the the sort of diversity that they've brought into it. Um, you know, Black Panther, uh, one Captain Marvel, uh, another. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about? how you as a as a as a girl you know and superhero movies were mainly male oriented and male dominated but how have these movies now gradually brought women and um you know young girls into this universe and made it as much a part of young girls growing up as it made it young boys well in the beginning it was very difficult for most of us girls to relate to any of the female characters there because there weren't many it was in the beginning it was just black widow and she was mostly used as a secondary character to the other core avengers but over time i've seen how they've brought in more strong female characters like wanda for example who's stronger than other avengers of the core team and uh, we could take into account captain marvel okoye and uh, uh, the guardians of the galaxy gamora nebula and all of these characters have such a distinct personality to them and it's really it's really uh, enthralling to see them uh, grow and develop as characters but uh, after seeing end game and the recent few movies that they've come up with uh, captain marvel as such uh, i think mcu has a long way to go before it can actually say that they're women centric as well sure sure no i i think that that's fair enough i mean i, I think it's 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 a start that they've made and, and and they definitely need to to continue on um some of that progress um now let's let's get into the film let's let's start talking about about the movie uh one of the things that struck me about the film um was that that cold open um that they did and that, that was a really ballsy move um you know all all the sort of hurt and frankly i i bring it up again um the the, the sort of divisiveness of that of that snap in infinity war where where there were quite a lot of people that that said oh you know what's the point they're all going to come back this this is a gimmick etc etc and to to lead uh, endgame with with that um where 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 hawkeye's family basically gets 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 snapped um uh, i thought was uh, a, a very uh, gutsy call by the russos uh, but it also showed how how committed they were to that to that infinity war snap how convi- co- convinced they were um that they did the right thing then of course the movie goes into an area that i don't know about any of you but i certainly did not see it coming i i did not see the first 15 minutes of this film the way that it was you know and i i break the film into sort of uh sort of three parts right there's that opening 15 minutes then there's a a fairly long stretch in of of you know where the the crux of the movie is is built around um uh you know spoiler alert but it's built around time travel and stuff like that and then of course the last part which is uh sort of the final battles and the, and then the goodbyes and stuff like that um but that opening act that opening 15 minutes that opening 20 minutes um uh, right uh how did you feel um when 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 thor cut thanos's head off I was honestly surprised. Um I thought like I I didn't have a reaction because there was so less reaction time. I was like what just happened? What just happened? You just kill off, killed off the main antagonist. Yeah. Now where do you go from there? Correct. And there and I could see Thor especially Thor 
with this guy like thanos taunted him before he took out half of the universe and it was like it was scary like i i thought marvel had cornered themselves into a dead end like the film can't go anywhere from here but then when it picks up you're like okay there's a little bit of hope left and that's what the marvel films have been doing they give you hope mm. maybe you have problems in your life but marvel gives you that little like there's something to cling on to you have these heroes you can be like those heroes sure, sure. and I'm- Sorry, but I'm going to come apart very quickly. Um, you know, it, he he talks about um, where do we go from here? But don't you think that uh, I I think I I, mean, I saw the film twice and 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 when I thought about it, I thought that's kind of the point, right? Because yeah. um, not only is the audience asking themselves, well, where do we go from here? But I I think the characters are asking themselves, where do we go from here? You know, we we've we, we had this mission to get back yeah. the stones. The stones are now gone. We've cut, we killed Thanos. but still um we have nowhere to go um that helplessness you know that that they all have it's such an integral part of um this movie and i felt that it was put there because it was almost to add to what had happened in infinity war to try and bring that helplessness back what what do you think about that so first of all i'd like to really commend the fact that they showed black widow uh, after 5 years when steve rogers uh, he comes back to the headquarters there's a uh, black widow uh, conversing with all of them and she still hasn't lost any hope and uh, steve uh, steve rogers then comments like uh, he saw few whales the grass is greener the water is bluer and uh, he was hinting that uh, you should look at the bright side but then uh, you know uh, black widow just certain, uh, suddenly she says that if you telling me to look to the bright side i'll uh, throw a peanut butter sandwich at you and uh, that's when it struck me that even though the even though it has been 5 years they still haven't lost uh, complete hope and uh, when steve rogers says that uh, everyone moves on but not us that's when i knew that there's still hope and there will some like somewhere in the movie there will be a b- huge twist and uh, i just wanted to know why doctor strange saved tony uh, in infinity war and uh, slowly slowly when the plot built up i knew that it was uh, because tony had the answer to the time heist and uh, uh, that's the reason why it all took place and that's the only uh, reason i knew not to lose hope in the avengers sure sure and and sure i mean you know that that bit that section so post um you know for sort of walking out and there's that lovely shot of his back where there's you know, the screen kind of dissolves um and and then cut to sort of you know those words appearing on the screen and i remember the audience is in shock because it's five and then you're expecting it to say months or weeks or something and it pops up years, years and years. you're like what what just what is going on and that section was very interesting to me because um generally speaking if you look at the russo's films you look at uh winter soldier you look at uh civil war you look at infinity war um superheroes don't deal with 
with real people in any of those films. In Winter Soldier, not at all. In C Civil War, uh, the, they fight that big scene in an airport, but the airport is completely empty. Uh, Infinity War, the question doesn't arise uh, because it's 100 miles an hour. But here you now have a chunk of a section. Perhaps it's not a long section, but you have a chunk of a section where finally you begin to see the impact on real people. Um, which is a Joss Whedon thing, you know what I mean? You see it in Ultron with uh, Sokovia, you see it in, in the Battle of New York, where you see real people getting stuck up in these massive uh, battles. Um, I thought that was a really moving part of this film. As Bart said, you know, it, it dug into the fact that Natasha and, and Steve are, I mean, just either they got hope or they're just stubborn. Um, but it also digs into the fact that you know, what happens to the real population of the world, you know? I think that was really important to the film. So I really like the, like like you said, I wasn't expecting a five-year time jump and I really like, I really like the fact that they did that because when we talk about stakes, right? Marvel movies are always criticized for not having stakes, like superheroes get away. In Civil War, obviously we tackled that, but still you never know like what's going on. And to see that whole gloomy, dull world where people have just, lost out on hope, lost out on everything, lost out on their friends, family. I think that was a really great approach taken by, by the Russo brothers and it you you kind of resonated with it. Like shit, what if something like that happened to us? Someone in a family, they just got decimated and you have nothing to do. What what do we do? I, th I think the most beautiful part of that, Sarah, was um, where Scott Lang comes back and uh, he goes into what is San Francisco's park and you have this memorial uh, to the vanished. I mean, that just drives home this point of, you know, five years later, and people just don't know what the hell happened. You know, they, they, we know they were snapped out of out of existence, but you know, for the rest of the general population, they're still missing signs up. They're still, you know, these, these you know, it, it's such a powerful tool that the Russo brothers used. Uh, I, I, I remember this part where right before they zoom in on the scene where Captain America is sitting and ho hosting that little uh, get together f for the normal people. There's a poster that says, what do we do now that they're gone? And, uh, you know, it just struck me that uh, these people are dealing with so much loss right now that they don't really know how to go about it. And then you fa uh, fast forward to the scene where Scott gets out of the uh, the uh, quantum realm and he's about to go and uh, he's just carrying that wagon around in front of the house and he sees that kid. And even when he asks that kid what happened, the kid, you can see that trauma on the kid's face. He's unable to give him an answer and he just, you know, mm. rides off. And that pretty much explains the gist of it and the number of uh, stones there were with people's names on it. It was just too much to take in all at once. But Sarah, you had a different opinion on the, on the female force. Uh, fighting Thanos, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I th the first time that I watched it, it was it was completely exhilarating seeing all of them coming together, and I almost had tears because you know they're like the most badass Avengers you could you've seen in a long time. And but then I I went and watched it again, and this time I watched it with a more clear mind, and I recorded the scene. I shouldn't be admitting this you here. Shouldn't, you shouldn't be admitting. <laughs> Sorry, Disney. Sorry. Disney. Sorry. <laughs> And I looked back and I saw that it lasted barely 30 seconds. And like in an entire three hour film, that's the only part you see so many women coming together. 
in fighting together and it lasted barely 30 seconds which really disappointed me because they're really strong characters with personalities of their own which could have been used in the uh, post uh, in the prior scenes as well especially Okoye who is still there after the snap we had uh, we had uh, black widow before the snap she could have gotten more scenes regarding that so it was it was kind of disappointing for me that it only lasted that long i i agree i mean i, I agree to some extent i mean i i personally think that a lot of these scenes were uh because you have the 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 three of them battle thanos first and then you've got a bunch of new characters that battle thanos later for me that's though that that battle is a passing of the torch it's look we've done our bit now it's your turn and it was great to see so many of those female heroes hold their own against thanos because you know i think it, it this is not their story but their stories are ahead in the mcu there are lots of future stories that are going to be told and um i thought that 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 scene sort of um showed the potential of 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 what's going to come um i want to talk about the ending um i have never cried so much <laughs> in a movie in a no, in a long time no, no, um uh, absolutely blubbing like a child uh, at the end um because uh there's a there's a there's a delay you know when 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 tony says his dialogue i am iron man and snaps his fingers you know what's coming but before you have this whole roundabout shot where all the thanos's army basically disappears and it takes thanos forever to disappear and in all that your anxiety of oh god tony oh god tony before you come back to the man and see <coughs> what this has taken out of him in terms of a toll um absolutely brilliant i thought um didn't see it coming i i didn't think that they would kill off stark uh i thought you know everybody's money was on was on cap yeah. um <laughs> but i thought killing off stark in the way that they did it made so much sense uh for the movie made so much sense for the mcu uh going forward i think it, you know um yeah lots of people will be absolutely grief-stricken but um uh such a brilliant decision uh to to do it that way um what were your what were your what were your highlights what were your best bits in the so film so for me uh i have a personal connection to captain america and uh captain america and doctor strange have been my favorite characters in mcu and uh okay sorry to say that but i didn't really care about tony stark all that much <gasps> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my I god. never I never Shut thought up. that I would cry buckets when he dies. So the first part uh, the highlight like when I started crying in the movie it was when uh, Captain America picks up Mjolnir. Oh damn. Oh god, oh, crying? God. Yeah, that the scene was just oh, very yeah, overwhelming. I was, howling. I was uh-huh. waving <laughs> my hands like a crazy person. It was just person. very overwhelming for me. That and when Avengers assemble. No, oh. actually, actually, on that, um, and I know Rachit is screaming at us to finish, but I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to keep going as long as I can. Um, on that, actually, uh, more than uh, Captain America picking up uh, uh, the hammer, um, what I loved the most was Thor's reaction. Yes, yes. Thor's I reaction. Knew I knew it. I knew it. And I thought that was just so brilliant. Exactly. That you know. And it throws back to Ultron, like you said, yeah. where where Thor was, like you know. And now you've got this thing: whether was Cap faking it? Was he not faking it? 
could he lift the, the hammer back then? And has he kept this all this time? I mean, really, it opens up so many possibilities. It's, it's very, very, very meta. But uh, uh, awesome bit. Yes, absolutely. What about you, Shub? Favorite bits? Favorite bits? Um, Tony's death. It wasn't my favorite in a way that I liked <laughs> it, but obviously it was the most overwhelming moment of the film. Professor Hulk, I had mixed feelings. Like, I I might have enjoyed a more gruesome and fierce Hulk better than the... Yeah, I think, I think we we can all admit that we missed a Hulk Thanos throwdown. We, I, I missed a Hulk Thanos. Yes. Yeah. Personally, yes. I didn't because I uh, care more about Banner than Hulk. Okay. So. And I also like the way they treated Ant-Man in this movie because Ant-Man was a very standalone character. And like, even if he wasn't connected to the movies, not many people would seem to mind. But in this movie, he was the primary source of how they will save the universe and I thought that was just brilliant how they paid his character off and for the ending I could I don't think they could have done it any better like that was the Logan for the MCU Logan for the MCU (laughs) yes Rohit best bit Uh, first of all the Dustus League of Thanos right (laughs) so um, so, uh, when uh, Tony wipes the entire army out and I really like the contradiction between the 2014 Thanos and the 2018 Thanos, which shows how much his character has come. And I really liked that they brought back uh, the kid from Iron Man 3. At the end? Yeah, yes, yeah. at the end. So yes. nice I think Iron Man 3 is very underrated as a film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that would also yeah. come off as passing of the torch. Sure. Like we have, a, we have an idea sure. of passing of the torch. Sarah, best bits? Uh, well, the most emotional part for me in the film was definitely Vomir when uh, Nat died because I, I just, I just, I don't know, I connected to that part so much more than the other parts and uh, Paris can remember I was bawling like a baby at her death no, more, so, more so, than the ending. So, so was I. I, I have to say, uh, when, when Nat died, I, I literally felt like somebody had dropped something on my <laughs> chest. It was, it was like that, that, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. And it was very unexpected. Um, yeah, very. And I'm, I'm going to come a little bit out of left field on what I thought was uh, one of the best bits of, of the film. I mean, obviously, you've got all of the, the, the fan bits um, that are great. But one of the great bits and one of the underrated bits of the film, I thought, was Nebula. Um, I thought that they have done such a great job with Nebula's character throughout these two movies um, from Infinity War to, to Endgame. And I thought Nebula was so crucial um, to this film, both as a uh, as an antagonist as well as a, a, a as a hero in in the film, and I I, I just uh, hats off to to the Russos uh, for having done that because I think Karen Gillian is an amazing actress, and I, I thought mm. Nebula she's such a good character, she's such a great character, um, and I I really enjoyed um, as much as Ant Man is um, sort of integral to this film, so is Nebula from a different point of view, and I really really enjoyed her her contribution uh, to the film. Um, all right, so I'm going to come. To, to the end now of this uh, podcast, Gretchen is giving us more glares. Um, where, does, where, does, where does Endgame sit in the pantheon of the MCU? Um, what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your top three? Give me your top three MCU films. Shub, end, top three. Endgame, Infinity War, and the first Avengers movie. That three, two, one, or one, two, three? Four, three, one. Four, three, one, what's two? No, I'm I'm giving you my top three. It is Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, and the first Avengers. Okay, all right, okay, yeah. Uh, 
I'm gonna go with the top four because it's very difficult for me to do. Yeah, uh, so uh, I might be seen as a normie here because I <coughs> kind of like the standalone normie. films too. So I'd go with Endgame, then Infinity War, then the first, uh, then the first uh, Iron Man and Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what my top three would be, but I'll just tell you my uh, my favorite movies. Uh, firstly, Endgame, obviously. The uh, Infinity War. uh then civil war and winter soldier equally and doctor strange okay so it's end game for me uh, followed by uh, winter soldier and uh, doctor strange and black panther on the same uh, yeah i mean uh, i i think end game is up there for me i i think end game is is number 2 i've got avengers at 3 i've got end game at number 2 and i'm such a thor fan ragnarok is <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 i'm such, I'm such a thor that. fan and we have not talked about fat thor but i'm going to bring fat thor into this um as we talk about just the last bit of this podcast which is where does the mcu go from here i mean the 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 question is now having done 22 films and have finished uh feige's infinity saga whatever it is thanos is dead etc etc where, where are we where are we off where are we off from here Uh, I would really like to see Thor in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy coming up. As Guardians, As of, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Has anybody yeah. read the comic? Uh, n- no, 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 read no. the comic. Comic is cool, but I mean it's not the same. The same characters, but, yeah. Um, that's fine. Yeah, I think Thor will be in Guardians of the Galaxy three, uh, but I think Thor will also have a a standalone fourth Thor film. I, I think that's that's a cert. That's gonna happen. I'm excited to see James Gunn. take on thor for sure yeah that'd be interesting but he he you know that that's going to be whipped into this because james gunn was an executive producer on, mm, yeah, on exactly. endgame so you you know that he's going to carry this um into guardians of the galaxy 3 yeah, i would probably. really like uh, taika waititi because he's such a good director if you've seen hunt for the wilder people and uh, taika waititi to do a collab with james gunn on guardians 3 wow wow For me, I like the next Guardians of Galaxy movie named as Guardians of Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't watch, I, like, I would watch, but I wouldn't like uh, a standalone movie for Thor anymore because mm. I think that uh, his arc has ha- <laughs> ended. I what I would like is the next movie should be about Valkyrie. Valkyrie. I I, I think Thor four will will have will be about. Uh, Valkyrie and I, 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 I slightly disagree. I, I think Thor and Hulk are not done, which is why, which is why they're there. I, I think their arcs are not complete, which is, um, which is why. I mean, Thor, you, you, that that last scene where he says, you know, for the first time, I have no purpose in a thousand years. That, that just goes to show that there's there's so much more coming for that that particular character. Who's the next big bad? Let's put let's put some money down on the table. Who's Who's next? Who who are the Avengers fighting in 2023? Galact- Galactus. Galactus. Uh, Doctor yeah. Doom. Doctor Doom. Yes. I can't really think of any. Uh, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming completely out of left field. I'm going with Kang the Conqueror. I'm oh, definitely yes. with Kang the Conqueror. Um, all right. I think we've been at this for uh, three quarters of an hour. I, I think <laughs> our producers are thoroughly frustrated with us, uh, but I think we've gone through. Um, most of uh, the main points. I, I do apologize to uh, Thor and Hulk fans. I don't think we had quite enough time delving into both of them. 
Um, but uh, hey, look, they survived in game, so um, <laughs> we'll have more chances more to talk place. about them uh, in the future. Um, so thank you, everybody, uh, for being here, and uh, thank you to all uh, the listeners for for putting up with us. Um, if you've got any comments on anything that we've said, if you disagree vehemently with anything uh, that we've said, please do feel free to to write in and uh, please keep it clean. Um, that would be nice. Um, and uh, you know, stay tuned to Whistles and Echoes and stay tuned to uh, Goonge uh, for more great quality stuff. Um, if you haven't tuned in and heard. Uh, Meri Piari Indu, please uh, listen to that. It's an outstanding radio uh, play, and um, there are many more of those uh, on on the Goonge podcast, uh, which is, of course is put together by the students of the School of Media Communication. So thank you, Shub. Thank you, thank Rohit. You. Thank you, Paris. And sorry for calling you Parth. And <laughs> thank you very much to Sarah. Uh, this has been the Avengers Endgame critique and podcast. Thank you all very much.